Thanks for tuning in. I'm Carissa, the UFCVM communications intern and pre-vet student. On this podcast, we'll dive into criticism as it'll be a content for a veterinarian whose every action will be judged. Support staff, families, and community members pour their hearts into animals and demand that they're appropriately treated. So how do you learn, respond, and grow when facing others' opinions? Welcome to the Pre-Vet Podcast. I'm Alex Avellino, your tour guide on the journey to becoming a veterinarian. Listen along as we provide you with tips, tricks, and tales on applying to veterinary school. Welcome back to the Pre-Vet Podcast. I'm Alex Avellino, and we're continuing on our journey talking about people skills from the VEMCAST application. It's an odd-numbered episode, which means we have a veterinarian in the booth today. Dr. Hamer, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I am so excited. I've been wanting to do this for a very long time. Well, I'm happy to have you here. Also, I want to say that I think that you really are part of the pre-vet team because I always see you commenting on our Instagram, and it's always just like lovely comments. So I feel like you're a part of this journey. Do you feel like pre-vets and vet students, like you're passionate about them getting into vet school and moving forward in their career? Oh, definitely. That's the reason that I do the job that I do is watching students grow. And, you know, I look back on my career and there are four or five people that were instrumental. They're the person that tipped you. And for me, if I can once a year be that person, that's a year well done. Oh, I love that. I, I think for a lot of students, they eventually want to become that style of mentor. And I like this idea of like, yeah, once a year we have somebody who we can like tip the scales for. Yeah. What kind of veterinarian are you? Tell us uh, what you do. I'm a veterinary ophthalmologist. So, so you're an eyes. with an eyeball that's not a person. Yeah, right. Uh, is there, I always like asking, is there any kind of animal that like wakes you up in the morning? Like whose eyes get you up in the morning? Get me up in the morning. At this point to me, I think one of the pluses being at Florida, it's the... Interest, they're unusual animals. You know, we have a very vibrant zoo and wildlife service here. So, you know, it's like I saw a tree sloth today, or I walked around the corner and there's a 200 pound tortoise. You know, you're like, this is really cool. So, but they're interesting. And what's great about veterinary medicine in general is it's multiple species, you know. And then I also have not only multiple species, but I have small animal, large animal, multiple species. So I can be in the barn same day. I can turn around. Then I can be in the small animal clinic. I can be dropping down to wildlife to look at a hawk or do something else. And the eye is an interesting uh, organ, and it's different in all of them a little bit. So it's, it's always something new around the corner. Are there any animals that you're like, ugh, this is coming in today and I just don't want to look at it? There are occasional dog breeds that are not my favorite. Um, and we now don't ask. I, I'm just, don't ask. I see you want to ask. I, I'm very there there are some dog breeds that aren't my favorite because in general, they can be a little whiny, a little bitey, a little skittish, a little neurotic. And some breeds are just sort of that way. And you're like, ugh. You know, but then you find a lovely one, you know, so. You mean like of the breeds that you're not excited? There could be a redeeming one. Yeah, Yeah. you're not crazy. We should all find a human like that, too. Right. How did you get here? Talk about undergrad, vet school, post-vet school training. Okay. Um, I was so born and raised in Maine. So there's no veterinary school. Maine's a a good place to visit. and uh, so no veterinary school in Maine associated with Maine. And I worked for a veterinarian, one of those mentor people in your life 
from the time I was 12 years old. And I had already been accepted to a college in Maine, which is where everybody goes. And then you go on and you try to get into vet school from there. And he said, hey, I've been to a couple of meetings. I met a couple of veterinarians from the University of Missouri. They have an interesting program because at that point, way back um, in the mid 80s, they had always had two years of clinics. So there is a quite unusual program. A lot of places now have similar things. Um, and he goes, that's a kind of a cool place. And so you go, okay. So I applied to University of Missouri. Off I went, I got accepted. And from there, so undergrad in veterinary school at Missouri, uh, and then I did a small animal internship at Auburn University. Um, that's where I decided I wanted to be an ophthalmologist. I had multiple career changes or ideas as I went on. Uh, and then it was trying to get a residency. I was a three-time applicant for a residency um, to go from there. And then I was, so I had worked in private practice for a couple years and then residency and master's at Colorado State University, 23 years at the University of Illinois, and my seventh year here at the University of Florida. Wow, you look great. Well, thanks, that's genetic. <laughs> you look so like a much yeah. young, a very young veterinarian. That's just genetic. All right, so today we are talking about potentially a difficult topic for yes. some of us, but I hope we, I think you'll be great to help us lean into it a little bit more, and that's reaction to criticism. So on the VEMCAST Letters of Rec, this is one of the areas that professionals will rank you on a scale of excellent to poor about your reaction to criticism. What are your thoughts on that? Like, do you feel like this is something that's very important for the field? Does it feel relevant? Oh, definitely. I think it's definitely relevant. This is... Uh... It's challenging no matter what. It's definitely relevant for the career that you have. Um, when you're teaching clinically, um, criticism happens a lot. It's how you think of things, how you're assimilating things, how you put that together. And you have to be open to that. And then it's also how do you interact with people? How do you go on from there? You know, the veteran I talk about I worked for, and he told me at the very beginning, he goes, it'd be great if you love animals. This is a people job. And if you can't interact with people well, you're not going to succeed. This is 100% a people job. So, you know, you're going to be criticized a lot. Um, we don't know. None of us like it. Right. You know, at, at all. I'm a golden retriever. I do not like to be told I didn't do a good thing. I'm always like, love me, love me, love me. Did I do it? You got pet me on the head, pet me on the head. So I'm not a person that by nature responds well. And for me, if you say something like as I was growing up, you know, my mom would say, well, is that the best you could do? Oops. Or we're, we're a little disappointed. Ouch. You know, and I'm like, could you just spank me? That would be better. <laughs> you know, rather than we're a little dis So I'm very sensitive to criticism. And you have to learn to adapt. It's, you know, it may not be about you. They're talking about how you did this thing mm. or how to improve with that thing or that area. It doesn't define you as a person if someone says you didn't do that well. And it's harder and harder in the world today. Everybody wants to be successful. And as we're navigating this career, you know, to get into veterinary school, all of us could achieve that level. And we're used to achieving to that level. We achieve highly. We do what we want. We see it. We get it. We go. You get higher and higher up. There's lots more smart people hanging around you. And you may not be the smartest one in the room anymore, and particularly in that area. So you've got to learn to adapt a little to this is okay. And if I didn't do that thing well, it doesn't make me a bad person. I just didn't do that thing well. And the world today is less receptive of you didn't do that well. Or mm. That's not the right thing to do. Or you shouldn't have done that. 
Do you think it's because we're we are taking everything personally and we're saying like our actions are defining who we are and and I like how you said that by nature you know criticism is harsh like is it because we just haven't been trained in that way why do you think it's so hard for us to accept that criticism some of it some of its personality so you need to know yourself you need to and that's why I love you know part of coming to UF you learn about yourself as a personality what are your personality types what are your things and you know what are you good at and I love the fact that we talk about sometimes in our lives we were taught about you need to learn about your um, things you don't do well and you need to work on them. But but in actuality, you do far better if you focus on your strengths and 5% improvement on your strengths is going to do better than a 20% improvement on my weaknesses. So know your weaknesses. Know, be objective about that and say, okay, here's where I don't respond well. Here's where, what are my trigger points? What are the things that I do when I'm starting to hyper respond to something that's inappropriate? You, resilience is a muscle um, and you have to decide that it's going to be okay. You know, we have to decide, I'm going to learn it. If you never have any stressors, any stressors going to knock you out, right? And so some of that is like seek it a little bit, like put yourself in that. And, and we do that as a species. We're the only species in the world that puts ourselves in dangerous situations on purpose. Oh, that's true. Right? And so some of that's a good thing. Some of that's a bad thing. But, you know, some of this is what are you, are you looking for the whole thing? Are you looking to improve yourself too? It's, it's okay, right? You're here to learn, I right? Know. You're here to be, if you're the same person you are when you start vet school as when you finish, you did it wrong. Mm. There's a, and you know, I have really intense relationships with four or five people in my vet school class because they're your posse, they're your crowd, they're your safe place. You, you navigate vet school together and you need those people, right? So they need to be there for you. And they're the people that can, you know, look you in the face and go, Mm, no. And kind of call you on your, and your you stuff. Go, okay. Because you trust them. You listen to them, right? And you need to be open to someone going, that right there, that's a no. And rather than, <gasps> you know, you said this bad thing about me. It's like, well, yeah, because you were wrong. Yeah, you need right? to hear and it. It's, you're like, we're wrong a lot. Right. So you're talking about your vet school posse, but it also sounds like you have your spouse does the same thing for you. Oh, uh, yes. And I have the best spouse in the entire world, uh, bar none. Um, so it is about, in that relationship too, do you seek and trust this person? If this person comes to you and says, here's, here's the thing. Now, I was terrible at this for the first 10 years, 10 to 15 years of our relationship. You know, because I had a mindset of, you know, this is me, this is who I am, this is, what my life was like, so I get to act this way. You know, this is just me. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to get over it. Yeah. Right. That's not a successful relationship. You know, you need to go. This. You know, everybody can change. Everybody can. Just, what are the things about yourself that aren't so great? And maybe things that were helpful to you as a child or helpful as a coping mechanism as a young adult aren't good things in a relationship, mm -hmm. and you need to move on. So, trusting spouse who can look at you and go. Remember, we talked about this, and I and I could go and say, I need to change this about myself, and I need your help. Ah. And, and my wife had to say, so you're actually going to be okay when I point out one of your flaws, because, Ralph, you pretty much are terrible at that. And, you know, I had to say, you're going to need to help me, because I'm going to probably respond incorrectly. 
because she's not that person. She's not a confronter. Uh-huh. And I had to learn to be a confronter because I'm not by nature. And she's like, it's just, you know, and so I would say, you just need to tell me, you know. And she would, you know, save up all the things she wanted to tell me. And then she'd write me a letter every six months. Oh, <laughs> you know, and for me, I was so like, sweet. dang, girl, like if you could just tell me this <laughs> once a week, it'd be so much easier. I like that. And so we had to learn, like, don't write me a four page later letter every six months. Sure. And I had to say, you just need to tell me. But I need so it's you learn a little bit. And, yeah. so, and trust that person because your significant other knows all of your faults. Oy. But how do these veterinary, because these are pre-vets, they're eventually going to get to vet school. How do the veterinary students accept criticism from a faculty member where they're only on a rotation with them for two weeks? So in my mind, the trust isn't built. So is it more just the student accepting, I need to accept the criticism. It's going to come my way. It doesn't matter how it comes. And I'll just have to deal with how I feel about it. Well, I don't don't think it's carte blanche. Mm -hmm. Um, In general, you're there for a reason. And they're going to give you a response, and you need to hear it. Now, with that said, there are numerous opportunities where, you know, we're mentoring students, and we're also mentoring residents, or I've had to, you know, have a student who said, you know, this interaction with your resident went poorly. Here's what happened. And so then it had to be like, well, let me hear that, and let me investigate that, and let me go back to that resident and go, you know, that wasn't a great way for you to handle that situation, particularly with this student or this situation. So there's room to grow for everybody. So you have to decide that. I think my one of my mantras, uh, I listened to a gentleman 10 to 15 years ago speak. His name is Bob Goff. And the whole premise was least creepy. And I, it's one of my life phrases now. What is the least creepy reason why anybody does anything? Least creepy. And it can be least creepy reason why they, you know, said that thing to me, least creepy reason why they wrote that email, least creepy reason why they used that phrase. You know, and he said he was speaking one time when there was a lady in the front row and he goes, I was in another country and she literally had a snake on her head. Get out of town. And he said, hard to find least creepy. He said, I could come up with, I guess she doesn't know it's there. You know, but it's a thing. And, And I have to reset myself every day. I I certainly don't present myself as I'm a finished product because I'm far from. So I literally have to go least creepy, least creepy, least creepy. And and particularly with those challenging people in your life, you have to go least creepy a lot. Because that helps us stay sane, helps us have better reactions. Why, if someone's like not convinced as to why, because I'm convinced. I Ever since I've heard you say that, I've been trying to do it. But let's say someone's like, well, why should I? What would you tell them? Well, first of all, it could be true. Right. Right. It, you could be wrong. Like, like totally. let, let your head wrap, totally. wrap your head around that. It like, it's possible that you're actually wrong. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's the thing where we don't want to be wrong. No. Right. We want to be right. We want to be justified in our reaction to that person. And it could be that that's a person that you have a long term relationship with or you have this list and it's a little bit not great. Um, I'm a person, my default is, you know, I'll sit around and think about, well, I should have said this and I should have said that and maybe I should write this and maybe I should write that. And, you know, that's just a waste mm-hmm. of time, you know, and so it's maybe least creepy is literally least creepy. It they just don't interact with the world how you interact with the world. You have to decide I'm going to learn how to interact with this person and you just got to stop and yeah. go, that's how this person is. 
I used to work really hard to go, we're going to talk and we're going to come to this mm, epiphany mm-mm. and we're all going to hug each other and it's just going to be awesome and you're going to bend yourself to my will. That doesn't happen. No, it doesn't happen. So much it doesn't happen. Yeah. And you have to go, well, this person may never change right. how they interact. And it may be there are personality types that don't mesh with mine well. And those are the personality types that I have to really do a lot of least creepy on because yeah. I want to go, wow, you're just Eeyore every day. And the sky is always falling. I'm a glass half full person. Mm-hmm. And when I'm dealing with someone who can't find their glass, it's hard for me. It's like, wow. Right. Like you it's... wake up every day and you're this person. Yeah. Challenging for me. You just have to go, this is them. And you're gonna, you have to interact with them. Yeah. You gotta figure it out. Let's say someone has a bad reaction to criticism. How do you think, like, let's say that you're uh, watching a pre-vet who's in the in the ophthalmology area. They have a bad reaction to criticism. How can they make it right so that if they ask you to evaluate them later, you can still score them high on yeah. reaction to criticism? I think. Some of it is interaction of why. Like if they're they may not know what they're doing. No no someone may never have said to them, Hey, how you respond to that may not be perceived by the room in a good way. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that. So I try to go, help me with your response. What did you hear? What's the Often it's not the response to criticism, as you say. It's the what's the Kobe mechanism? What's the trigger? What's the thing in you that made you go boom on that? And it's often not the criticism. It's not the vet school. It's this other thing. And so you have to go, so help me hear that, right? And, and where are you going to go with that, right? You know, and if you do bad things, how are you going to handle that? You know, I mean, I have had an episode in my life where, you know, I was, having, I was not having a good week. I was not having a good month. Surgery wasn't going well. It was this. It was that. There was a complication. And, you know, Ralph had a moment in the surgery suite. Uh, you know, and then I went, ugh. So then Ralph stopped and said, okay, everybody look at me. I just acted like a poopy pants. I had a moment. I'm sorry. This isn't about you. This is about me. I acted inappropriately. It's 100% my fault. I apologize to the room. That's classy. Who does, right? You need to do that, right? You need to go, I apologize to the room. It was inappropriate. You know, do you go back to that person and go, "Mm, I acted poorly. And not just doing that to them alone is a good thing. Mm -hmm. But if you have a public bad, Mm -hmm. I think that merits a public sorry. Yes, I love that. And this is the model of the behavior, right? We all have mentors and we have many mentors who can teach us really amazing things or amazing medical things. But you have to think about, does that mentor model the behavior Mm. that you think you want to be highly successful people in our hospital? Don't mentor wellness. And how they accept it. So it can be a real problem. Where And you're going, do you want to be that person? Mm-hmm. Like, that's the person you want to be? I really like the, if you made a public, oops, like make a public apology. I love that. Let's talk about, you know, these students. I mean, in my mind, I'm like, oh, my God. We are just breeding students who are very high achieving, who really avoid, I think in general, are very, like, criticism averse. Sure. So how can they start working on their reactions to criticism, what's something immediate they can start doing? I think 
first of all, if you're thinking about, do I have this issue? Right, so first hear it, like, do I have this thing? And maybe I need to, so think about it mm -hmm. objectively. Find, to me, find a safe person. Who's a safe person who you can say, I'm thinking about this. Don't hit me on the head. Like you've been waiting 10 years to hit me on the head with this, but can you kindly mm -hmm. and softly come alongside me? I, I need to hear this. Who's your safe person? Yes. Then it's that next thing where I said, you then solicit it. So then you, you got a safe person and you're deciding this about yourself. Maybe there's some things about myself that aren't great. They were great. Now they're not great. Maybe they were always bad. Yep. But what am I doing here? So then you then you solicit the criticism in a professional environment. Then you have to take it. Yeah. Right. And then go, OK, I uh, hard for me. I, I need to hear this. Did you hear this? Are we oh, did I get it? Mm hmm. And you know, my mind just go, oh, like I said, you might go someone else. I just think you use your sense of humor to hide a lack of knowledge. And you gotta go, wow. <laughs> and maybe that's just insane. And maybe there's a small part of that that's true. Mm -hmm. So, and you know, and then it's 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 not uh, again going back to it's not about you. It doesn't define you as a person that you did this thing. And if you're gonna grow as a person, which is hopefully what this life is about, you know, you're then you got to accept that thing and go, okay, maybe there's a part of this that's true. What you'll often find out is a significant part of it that's true. Totally. What have we not gone over, think, would be that we missed for these students? Another sort of area, book for me, you know, is about margin, you know, and and a margin gives you things. This Dr. Richard Swenson wrote this book called Margin. And the theme of it is, if you think about a page and there's words on a page, there's white space, which is the margin. Do you live your life with margin? So do I have emotional margin? Do I have financial margin? Do I have, um, you know, can I take the criticism margin? You know, even then when I go to work, if it takes me 16 minutes to go to work, do I leave with 16 minutes to get there? Mm. Or do I leave with 22? Because 22 gives me six minutes of margin. So when there's an accident, you don't lose your mind because you're going to be late because you've left yourself no emotional margin, mm. right? If I have financial margin, boom, that thing happened. I can absorb that because I did this. I have critical margin or interpersonal margin, right? Because if I'm living, really you're stressed out, you're, you're going, you're going, and you're living at the end of the page, you have no room for anyone being critical of you because you're just treading water wow. and you feel like I'm throwing rocks at you, yes. right? Rather than I'm not treading water, I'm floating on my raft, I'm cool, I got margin, so you can criticize me and I'm okay with that because on this is a, I'm okay, I got margin. But do you do you live with margin? So margin was a life changing book for me wow. because it's all about everything in your life: wellness, emotional, physical, workout. School, everything, relationship. What's your margin? That's Do huge. you have white space at yes. the end of the page? Then every it's easier. That's I'm not throwing myself as perfect, right? I have to think about it. Like, why am I losing my mind? Well, Ralph, <laughs> you're at the end of the page. Yeah, no margin. No at the margin end of the page. for error. So you're like, suck it up. Mm. So that's the thing of you know, and you chose this, right? And another thing I say to veterinary students and to residents all the time. You competed nationally for this opportunity to be here. And then you got an acceptance. I got a letter. I'm old. Other people got an email, <laughs> yeah. right? And you have a really joyous emotion. I want you to channel that emotion every day. 
Every day you're in here, channel that emotion of, I achieved this. There are 150 people who want to be me, mm -hmm. who aren't me. Mm -hmm. um, and I achieved, not that, but you know, life is often just a choice. Happiness is a choice. Choose to be happy today. You wanted to be here. And I'm, are you thankful every day? for being here? Or do you lead with, these are the 10 things that's wrong with the world around me, rather than do you lead with, these are the 42 things mm -hmm. in my life that are really awesome. Right, right. And then the 10 become less because we focus on negative, 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 rather than I'm really, really, really thankful to be here. Yeah, I'm killing it. Yeah. Dr. Hamer, I am feeling really energized about reacting to criticism. I hope someone criticizes me today so I can practice everything we talked about. possible because you're practically perfect oh in every way. God. You and Mary Poppins. I was actually going to end this episode by being like, Dr. Hamer, will you criticize me so I can see how I react? You know, but no, I don't think I can because I watched you put into play something that you said when in, our, in, a, in an interaction you had with me. So I watched you on Instagram say, here's how you should do this. And you did it. And I went and interacted with me and I go, <laughs> look at her. She doesn't just say stuff. She actually does it. Sometimes. So you modeled Sometimes. the appropriate behavior. I appreciate that you think that. And when I was in my early 20s, oh boy, did I not. So if you are sitting in the car, uh, walking your dog, studying at home, listening to this podcast, and you're like, oh dear, I have a lot of room to grow. You can. Got a lot of opportunity. So much opportunity. Your margin is wide right now. Plenty of time. To grow. So don't time. stress. You will get there. Yep. Um, like For Dr. Sure. Hamer says, like, you can choose to be Eeyore or not. You can be a Tigger today. Let's be a Tigger. They're way more fun. I'm Alex Avellino, and we'll talk to you soon. That was so fun. It was fun. Okay. Uh, are all the passwords on your computers or phone Famacha123? I feel like Famacha no. is such an important word in, in your profession. No, it's not. But do you agree that it's an important word? Sure. Okay. Sure. Yeah. I, I just, that's the one thing I know about Opto. That's it. <laughs>